Excuse me. <laughs> I think I'm in the wrong apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited for this. Honestly, I wanted to have you on for what, like almost a year now. Because I, I thought as long as you've been doing it, I think. Well, yeah, but I like, but I think last year because I got back and I was like, yeah, we should do this, and I just lived kind of far away, I mm-hmm. think, and yeah. Yeah. Proximity can play a devilish uh, task. Yeah. So, <laughs> Mister Mister Chris. <laughs> uh, Chris and I, we we know each other because we both worked for this. Uh, we still do. This company, we're like uh, we're like a party favor that walks and talks basically. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the way I describe it is, I usually it depends like on how well I know the person. If it's like right off the bat, I'll say just I bartend at special events. Yeah, and when they're like, "What kind of special events?" I'm like, you know, parties and bachelorettes. <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty liberal about it. Like I don't mind chatting with people about it, but there are instances like I'm a business owner around my own personal business, uh, training and stuff like that. And so for people that I'm trying to maybe share, but not share kind of thing, like, you know, when they're asking about my weekend and stuff like that, and like, how do I, how do I come at this from like a side angle kind of thing? I usually say that I'm uh, I were catering events kind of thing. Oh, that's cool. Um, okay. <clears throat> I mean, in a way that's true for some of them. To a degree. I mean, like, yeah. there's some serving and there's some cocktail mixing and stuff Bring like that. a lot that. of ass into yeah, that. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, it functions for the most part, which isn't to say that, you know, I don't almost slip sometimes and be like, oh, yeah, over the weekend I was butlering and they're like, oh, you mean catering? I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, it was kind of funny because I started a day job and then uh, it kind of slipped up that I had a podcast. Yeah. And I forgot that on the podcast, I've talked about butlering. Yeah. So one of the girls listened to the podcast and she's like, oh my God, I didn't know you do this. And I was like, how do you know? <laughs> she's like, you said it on podcast. I'm like, oh, fuck me. So now some people know I butler at work, which is, you know, whatever. It's fun. So you're saying that we did one last weekend. Yeah, we did one last weekend downtown there. They were saying it was a mixed party. There were four ladies. And like a 25 loose, guys. This is a loose definition of a mixed group for sure. Yeah. That was a little bit of a iffy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, uh, like, you know, for the most part, you know, like, I, I mean, like I love people of all walks of life and, you know, like I'm not, I'm not ever bothered because most people are generally respectful. Very. They yeah. want to have a laugh with you, be flirty and. You know, it's I, I'm a flirty person, so I can be flirty with anyone, really, to some degree. Um, but I feel like, you know, for the most part, that's their, that's all they're really after. And, like, maybe wide-angle pictures of us with our butts or something yeah. like that, which is harmless, you know. And I, and I think it's just a bit of cheeky fun. But once the were. liquor starts flowing and it's either older ladies or gay men, it's... Uh... <sighs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that was definitely a segment of people, I don't know how to say, I'm, I'm just trying to say it as in a nice way, that was just a segment of people that were happened to also be gay, that, with liquor, yeah. <clears throat> seemed to be I've had, yeah, more aggressive. I've, I've had very respectful <laughs> guys before, and mm-hmm. I feel like older people are generally, like, once... Alcohol they, is flowing. They care a little less. They have nothing to lose. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I remember 
one of the first times we like hung out outside of work was you invited me out to a picnic and I was dating at the time oh, and I was like, that. can I, can I bring the lady in? And you're like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm bringing mine. It's totally cool. Show up. And I come in and it's you with like 10 strippers. Oh, that was just the beginning of it. There were so many more. <laughs> I think we had like a group picture of like 50 people at the end of that. And we're like smack dab in the middle of the park getting some serious looks from people to be sure. Um, that was a fun time. Made uh, my girlfriend at the time quite uncomfortable. <laughs> She's like, you know all these people? Why are you dating me? I was like, <laughs> I, was like I mean, you know. That's kind of my circle of people, though, or or definitely a large majority of them at the time, because I work, you know, I've worked on and off as a strip club DJ for like 11 years. Right. So most of my friends work in the adult industry at this point, or have, or in some line of it, basically, so. Is stripping, is there like a porn industry in Canada at all, or? There is, yeah, and I, but I would say it's more... It's more OnlyFans than live nowadays. Right. Like, it's less... I mean, like, there is definitely some companies that do, like, full-blown productions out here. <laughs> and I and I thought my... my <laughs> I thought my foray into the adult industry was going to be a little bit earlier in life when I was probably, like, 19 or 20. I actually right. went to an interview... Um, with with a porn company downtown Vancouver, this is before I had a driver's license or anything like that. So I like I literally bust and walked to this place, and I thought for sure that was gonna be my my start. To interview point. for what? For like... <clears throat> to be in a porn, basically, yeah, oh, to, to be... be like a male lead in a porn kind of thing. Damn. And they were doing like they were casting for like the college type, right? Um, and, and hooks up with like the naughty professor kind of thing or whatever. Like I'm in. Yeah, I was. Would you find sold. that on Craigslist? So this is like, a, so, I mean, this dates me a little bit, but this is a little bit before Craigslist was Craigslist kind of right. thing. Like they might've been just in their infancy at that point, but it was in like the classifieds. Oh, okay. So they right next to the massage, the sweetest massage, touch massage and all that kind of stuff was this ad that basically was seeking, you know, young, um, confident guys kind of thing, uh, yeah. com- comfortable in their skin kind of thing. <clears throat> and I went for the interview. It went, it went fantastic. And, you know, like I kind of like this was probably another time in my life that I was actually in reasonable shape and I was like, I wouldn't say I was just jacked, but I was in reasonable shape. So, you know, I'm you know, model for this lady or whatever. And it was like that, that made it actually a little bit more comfortable that it was the lady I was interviewing for. Like I wasn't just walking into some creepy studio oh, okay. where there was like a guy with a cigar and a, and a bald top or whatever. Like, and, a, and a leather black ouch. Yeah. Like a casting couch or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Take, take your pants off. Let's see what we're yeah. working <laughs> what, do we, what do we got here? <laughs> we got square footage, mileage. Yeah. <laughs> Turn around pick up that vase yeah and yeah. i think the only reason i didn't end up doing it is because they wanted me to and this is where i felt a little scammy to me is they wanted me to like pay for their service to do like a photography session to get like a portfolio going and stuff like oh, that okay and and it was like i don't know i'm i'm, I'm like a starving like 19 year old like i'm just like new yeah. to life basically i think i've maxed out my first credit card and i'm like mm, like, let's try this out. I'm like, this would be a good way to make cash. And they're saying, oh, well, first you need to invest like five, six hundred bucks into this portfolio. And I'm like, I think I may <laughs> have interviewed for something similar, but it wasn't, it wasn't porno. It was just like, oh, like acting commercials, blah, blah, blah. And you go in and they're like, yeah, cool. Like we can definitely do that. First, you do need a portfolio though. And you can do it with our photographer. It's like 500 <laughs> bucks, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, 
same thing. I was like, no. yeah, I don't have five hundred bucks. Fuck this. Like, I have some. I have some photos, bro. Yeah. Like, here's some. And they're like, no, no, no. You I gotta. came here to earn. Yeah, yeah, Show me the money. Yeah. Good pockets empty, dick hard. Let's go. Yeah, like yeah. I came with the money shot so you could provide my money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. So you were because another crazy thing is you've lost a lot of weight like fairly recently. Yeah, it was like I've been like a, a kind of like a tweaking. And measure type precise or measurement or that it's just been something I'm kind of fiddling with for probably like six years, I guess. But right. I was heavier. I was like 245 pounds. Uh, I don't think I was ever really truly uncomfortable with my weight per se, more as I, I was having some back issues and I found out that it was actually something more of as a condition and they kind of, and I still kind of like dawdled around with it because no one really takes their doctor seriously when they first tell you something like that. Like you're just kind of like, oh, my back's broken. Oh, well, I guess I'm screwed kind of thing. So they say your back is broken. So I have what's called degenerative disc disease. So oh, fuck. two, at least uh, that I know of, two of my discs are wearing away, um, like kind of just like, like fr in a frictionless way, basically. Mm. And so whereas like your disc and your back might look like, I don't know, I usually I make it akin to like a fluffy marshmallow. Well, mine looks more like a doorstop. Right. Right. Like, it's pretty gnarly looking, and one's, like, definitely more degraded than the other. But the doctor says to me, he says, one of two things is going to happen here. Either you get your, your stuff together, and you start going to the gym, and you create kind of, like, a pillar of strength and support around you. What, like, essentially a belt inside of you, like, using your core, and protect yourself, and maybe get some longevity out of this before we have to get really serious. Or... Uh, you know, you do what most people do and you kind of just push it to the back burner and you forget about it for a while and you come back in pain and then, yeah, we fuse you together and you're going to, you're going to be a little bit shorter. You're going to have a little bit less mobility. You're going to be on pain management for life. And you know what, like, you know, it's going to be like something that you're going to have to Damn. deal with. So fusing you bad. That sounds great. And then, so for you, was it immediate? You're like, all right, fuck it. I got to go to the gym. It kind of bummed me out, honestly. Like, I was, I was like, I was like, I was already kind of like, I, like when I figured it out, I was working another day job and, and it was kind of like compounded through that. Like I got off the forklift one day and my legs just kind of collapsed out from underneath me. I'd been unloading trucks all day for like six to eight hours and I hopped off and like, I'm thinking, I'm like, like all the time I'm thinking I'm flat on the floor and that bail is like, I was sitting down. I wasn't even lifting anything. Like this wasn't like a serious task. This right. seemed like it should have been easy. And so anyways, yeah, collapse. I end up in the doctor. I'm off work for like, I don't know, upwards of nine months on like, uh, like short term disability thinking like, well, what do I do now? And I finally kind of worked myself back to work and then eventually just kind of gave up and started looking for something different. That's how I ended up doing sales actually. Um, was that before the whole escapade with, uh, like the DJ part at a strip club or so I had, you've been doing that. I had already that. off and on been kind of doing that as more of a side hustle at the time. And I would step in and step out as I was kind of, as it, I kind of, as I needed it in my life. Right? right. And as I had time, cause it would get a little bit ridiculous working the, the day job and the side hustle. It was getting up to like, you know, like seven days a week. And some days it felt like I was working three jobs. Cause I was just like, I'm getting out of there at like four in the morning and showing up not so fresh to work on Monday kind right. of thing. But, but yeah, so I had been going in and out of there. And so anyways, I got out of like, I spent probably a year after I found out about my diagnosis with my back, kind of just feeling sorry for myself. And I ended up ending a long-term relationship that was going nowhere. And how, how did you know it was going nowhere? 
oh man, <laughs> so she, uh, the person I was dating had substance abuse problems and oh. we had been struggling with that for a while and there was lots of just like deceit and just like, you know, mm. like things happening behind my back that I didn't know about. It was alcohol, it was narcotics, it was... You know, I felt like it was anything she'd get her hands on, and, like, you know, I felt like everybody, but I was the last one to know, basically. Like, right. I knew she was a boozer, but I didn't know about the hard stuff, and a boozer, yeah. a bit of a loser. How do you, and... how'd you finally, like, pull the plug? Was it just the fact that you... So, near five years in, and it was interesting, because in my 20s, I had this kind of, like, weird, but hard and fast rule that you had to at least date me for five years before I was going to make, like, a long-term, like, life commitment type of thing. Uh. And so here we are like a month out from, and we've already tried therapy and all that kind of stuff. And so it was kind of just barely hanging on by a thread and, you know, a month shy of five years, she goes, and with like the straightest face, I don't want to ever have kids. And I was like, you know, like, I think we all have a little bit of a daydream of having like, you know, a little one, a legacy, uh, you know, like yeah. passing some of ourself onto the world that will exist beyond us. Some people don't, some people do, yeah. but it's important to be on the same page. Absolutely. Yeah. So anyways, when she told me that, like, like with in no uncertain terms, that she was like, it's never, never going to happen, yeah. I was like, you know what? I feel like, I, I feel like in that same conversation, I was like, that's the kind of the last nail in the coffin. I was like, I, whereas I'm not going to be like, it's not like the end of the world if I never ended up having a kid, but to just remove the option from me entirely after having spent so much time with this person, I was kind of like... What am I? What am I fighting for? Right, but were you kind of, were you on the same page before? Were you like, okay, eventually at some point? It it was like because of her substance abuse, it would ebb and flow. It would be like one day she'd be crazy excited about the uh, idea, and then the next day it would be like oh, I don't know, and humming and hawing about it. And I was like, I at least want the option. Quite chaotic. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was. It was very chaotic. I didn't know how bad a relationship I was in until I was two years out of the relationship, and you know refinding myself again which right I, I uh, like about a year in, after I split up with her was when I kind of started my transformation and I was like you know first was kind of a nutritional change I changed my lunch and and I saw you know results are the best motivator and I, yeah. I saw that I had dropped a significant amount so what was your lunch before you changed oh it was like I, I loved big star I think we'll use big star as kind of What's the, ba big the baseline it's kind of like a it's like Subway on steroids, basically. Like I've it's never like, heard of it. They do all kinds of fun sandwiches, smoked meat and like meatloaf sandwiches, and they got soups and all kinds of stuff okay. like that. And it was close to work. It was convenient. And there was a couple other places that I'd get, but I, I would call it the baseline, basically. And it was yeah. like, you know, it's a pretty heavy lunch. And what did you change it to? Um, so five doors down from Big Star was a supplement store. It's a the supplements and smoothies and all that kind of stuff. And one of my, one of my girlfriends from the club, cause I was back working at the club at this point. Um, girlfriends like friends. Yeah. Like a friend, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a friend. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, yeah. Most of my friends are girls. So yeah, I, I'm just used to talking like that, but um, girlfriends. Hey girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I'm, I feel like I relate with girls quite well actually, but, yeah. um, I grew up with sisters and stuff, so maybe that plays into that. But mm. um, anyway, she's like, they've got these amazing smoothies down the street. They're like vanilla ice cream. I'm like, oh, I love ice cream. And of course, that's, that, <laughs> this is fluffy, Chris. This is like before I lost 78 pounds. I'm like, oh, I love ice cream. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
then so I started, I got really hooked on this like green smoothie and they had these really nice like bars that are kind of like... Did it taste good to you right It was very satiating. It was like delicious. It okay. felt like, it felt like a treat. Yeah. And I think that was what made it easy. It was, it was sustainable and it was tasty and, and so I kind of made a habit of that and I was like, you know, I felt better. I felt lighter and I didn't even really think too hard about it and then... Not so long afterwards, I stepped on a scale and I was like, oh, fuck, I lost 15 pounds. Damn. And it was kind of a light bulb moment for me. And I was like, maybe, maybe I should start throwing weights at this. And I kind yeah. of went to one of those like snap 24 hour fits. Like there's no reps. There's no people in there. Yeah. Very quiet. And I kind of started doing my first couple workouts and a friend of mine saw me post that I was doing that. And they're like, hey, I have a guest pass. You should come work out with me at my gym. And it just kind of like three workouts a week became four became six and now i'm like i'm now i pretty much people joke at my gym that i work there yeah how many times a week do you work out now seven days a week and i work out twice a day on five of those days fuck that's wild yeah yeah i train intuitively so i usually try to like you know if i've really demolished the lower half i'm only working the upper half kind of thing and yeah if everything's sore then i'm just doing active recovery and you know i just try to be smart about it um i tried rest days but <laughs> they didn't really stick <laughs> they didn't really stick okay so while all this is happening and you're you're working like some nights at the the club Cause I've heard of of uh, strip club DJs. Mm. Do you? Cause you, when I met you, you were dating uh, a girl uh, that I guess now it's a lot more serious. A dancer, yeah, yeah, yeah. a dancer. But um, is that like just part of the industry where things kind of mix and match, and you know, you spend so much time together that it kind of happens, or not always. I feel like they're not, at least they're not usually long-term relationships, I would say, in the industry. Um, and yeah, I had some... Why, why are you saying it's usually not long-term? I mean, I, I feel like I'm pretty well-adjusted. So for me and, like, some of the long-term people that work in these places, you know, we're kind of immersed in it for so long that we're desensitized to the overtly sexual nature of it, I guess. Like, for me, like, it's just, like, you know, my buddies are like, oh, my God, you're in the strip club. Like, how, how could that, that's so crazy. Like, you yeah. must be walking around with your, with your shit tucked in your waistband all the time kind of thing. And yeah. Like, eh, Dick like, hard all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, over time, I mean, like, you're desensitized. Like, I have a conversation, I'll, I'll be bla- blazing a dube in the back with them or whatever with, like, three or four hot chicks who are, like, fully de- undressed. The last thing I'm looking at is the rest of them. I'm actually like having like an intellectual conversation, like in the right. eyes kind of thing, and I'm not even thinking about the fact that they're naked. It's a, it's not it's a non-factor for me. Um, and I, yeah, I've had like short-term relationship. I think no matter who you are, um, there's a level of jealousy whether you're the one with your clothes off or the, you're the one who's got their clothes on and you work in an operational level of things. So assumptions are made and people jump to conclusions and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, again, like it's it's very like everything is tangible. It's right there. So, I mean, like, you know, it's, it's easy to also just kind of like fly through the infatuation point and get to the point where like, is there meat to this relationship or Mm. is this just surface? And a lot of times it is, it's just surface. Like you were just kind of in love with the idea of it. Mm. And even like, and I'll even say like, even like with my, in the long-term relationship that I'm in now with my, with my now fiance who I met at the club, 
um, for probably like the first six to eight months that I mean, like, mind you, having been jaded by my my previous long term relationship, right. I was not really in a rush to be with anything serious. Hmm. I liked, I very much like casual at the time, and I swore to like for months. I swear to God, I must have had a monthly conversation with her for like six to eight months, which was like just so you you remember. We're, we're, we're just kind of hanging out. Like we enjoy each other's company. The conversation is great. We've got sexual chemistry. Um, you're like, you know, my best friend that I also get to cuddle with kind of thing, right. and like spend the night with or whatever. But, but I'm not looking for anything serious. And I kept saying it over and over and over again. Yeah. So when I, so when it was finally actually me that was like, Hey, so did you want to make this something serious? So when, when it was casual and not serious. Yeah. Was the conversation that you were being exclusive or? No, I was not a exclusive. So you got, you haven't talked about that at the time at all. No, we weren't really trying to be exclusive. I so think you were just kind of, you know, as it was loose. Yeah. It was pretty loose. Like, you know, we weren't necessarily like chasing each other down to like see where we were at. If we mm. didn't see each other one night or there was a missed text or something like that, like it wasn't like detrimental Albeit, I was always really excited to hear from her, and she, she, me, basically, and, mm. like, the conversation was always as if we started it up, like, right where it left off kind of thing, so it was always very natural and cohesive. So then, uh, you said about eight-ish months in, you were the one It to... was me. Yeah. Yeah, and I was, like, I don't know what it was that, like, it was a tipping point. I was moving her out of her apartment in Vancouver so she could move closer to work in New West, and... I was kind of just, we're sitting there, everything was finally loaded up into the truck, and we're just kind of sitting on the curb, and she's sitting on my lap, and I was like, well, I think, I think we should just, we should make this official, I think we should be, we should be a couple, and whatever, and she was kind of, huh? Yeah. Like, she wasn't really expecting me to say that, because I had been so dead set on it, like, I was like a very consistent amount of times that I had brought up, this isn't something serious, and... Whereas she was sidestruck, she was also enthusiastic, and she was like, yeah, absolutely, like, mm. let's make a thing of this. And it was nice, too, because she was now living a lot closer to me, so it made life easier. Interesting. And she lived moments from work, too, so that made my life a lot easier, because when I crashed at her place, I was literally like a stroll from the club, and I'm now full-time working at the club at this point. Yeah. Because I had gotten out of sales, and when I was beginning my fitness journey, I decided that I was going to make some life changes, basically, that I was not loving the type of sales that I was in and I wanted to like make some adjustments. And so I was getting more serious about the gym and I was like, well, I don't know what direction I'm going to go, but I've always known the club to be a soft place to land for me because I know it really well. I could run pretty, I could do any job in there, include be the dancer if I wanted to be, or if they'd pay me to be anyways. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) We've talked about this a few times. I mean, we'd always joke that the club should like, they're always closed on Mondays. So we always joke that we should be open for meaty Mondays or something like our manly Mondays or something. Something like that. That'd be a good time. Uh, it's kind of funny because anytime we work and our customers are mm, confused about what a butler is and they're requesting something, yeah. they're like, oh, can we get a dance or something? And I'm like, Chris, <laughs> talk to my man, Chris. Uh, he, he'll he sort you out. I like to think that I live in the gray. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's lots of stipulations in our job, and I feel like there's some room for embellishment for sure with what we do. I think it really boils down to how comfortable you are and how, how you approach it, basically, because yeah. it could be approached a couple different ways. But as long as you kind of like... 
if it's somewhere between sexy and funny. Yeah. I think is how I like to play it a little bit. Like there's like a, a little bit of levity to it. Yeah. Then and then it can be fine because I, I like to th- I, I like to joke like how I explain myself is I'm like we're not strippers but I would say we're male stripper adjacent. Right. We're kind of like a segment of our own kind of thing. So we're as much as we need to be or want to be kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> So it, she she moved closer. You could. Um, it was tighter. It yeah. was closer proximity to the club. Has it made things nice. harder or easier in in terms of like relationship? I think it's just one of those like perfect storm type scenarios because she's probably like the least confrontational person you'll ever meet. She's you know. You don't often even know that she's having a tough day. She's just always very smiley and pleasant. Mm. And I don't know. I like to like kind of joke. I'm like, she's kind of like a walking, talking, like anime Disney princess, basically. Like she's very sing songy and, you know, she's got a great imagination. And yeah, I mean, it was, (laughs) it's funny because I think the first time that I kind of like noticed, noticed her was in the backstage or whatever. And she had like biffed a whole Subway sandwich and she's like on all fours cleaning up this Subway sandwich with her ass fucking straight up in the air. And I kind of was like, I offered to help her. She's like, no, I'm fine. There's like fucking green onions and olives and everything all over the place. And anyways, she, but she was still really new at the club at that point. And so like, I generally try to make some form of contact with all of the girls I'm working with. So whether I have a number for them or whatever, cause I was like part DJ, part manager. <clears throat> so in order to get in touch with them, but I didn't have a contact number for her. So I messaged her on Facebook and she was out for drinks with her dad at the time. So she's like socially lubricated, I guess you would say. And she's like, messaging with me she's like Chris and like that kind of thing and like just very excited and we're chatting and we get on to talking about geeky things and I'm like highly geeky I like love Star Wars I love that's another thing books. I I knew from your tattoos but I didn't know the extent of it yeah yeah I'm highly geeky like Superman Batman Star Wars so fuck, I mean like you know maybe some people won't, won't love this but I love Star Trek 2 and all that kind of stuff sci-fi and that kind of thing so I knew to get in that type of conversation and she sends me some like really cool sh- 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 pics from a photo shoot she had done that were like her in like a Boba Fett helmet from Star Wars with like a little like I was in a, an old Nintendo like Duck Hunt blaster and sick <clears throat> anyways and I was like oh my god I'm like that's like photo shoot for dancing like a boudoir yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of thing yeah so she also did online work or whatever doing like webcamming and stuff like that so I would think it's more it was more like a Patreon type of content type thing for her and you're not the jealous type No, I don't think that I am. I think maybe in my infancy, you know, when I was younger, yeah. I might have been a bit, but I think I'm just so comfortable in my skin now. And just like, you know, I think if that person, especially with her, I think, especially with her, I think like she's not the type to be invested in more than one person at a time. Mm. And I'm kind of the same way. Like, I don't really invest my energies into tons of people. I think it's a lot of work. I think all these people who are able to have kind of like, uh, another life outside of their relationship. I think they must, it must take a special type of brain chemistry because like, I just don't have the energy to put into more than one person at a time in right. a romantic way. But, <laughs> I think not 
not everyone's working out 11 times a week. <laughs> I mean, if you just cut yeah. it to half, then you're going to have all this time for a second relationship is what I'm saying. Uh, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like, no, I don't know. I feel like I would like con- on a conversational level with one of those people, I might slip to some degree. I don't know. I don't, maybe I just, I'm such I guess, a, well, if you're, I'm such a chatty guy, if we're talking in terms of cheating, then yeah, yeah definitely. I'm I, such a chatty guy that it's like, I would easily roll into the wrong conversation <laughs> and not even really think about it till yeah. it's halfway through because I don't really have a filter. So I kind of just go like, even when I'm telling my clients that I'm like at catering events on the weekend or whatever, like I, I'm still like, there's like a strong voice in my head that is like sensor, 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 sensor kind of thing. Like you can say this, but not that Chris, not right. this kind of thing. And, and so, so I'm cautious, I guess, but I mean like, yeah, no, I wouldn't call myself a jealous person. I mean, like if, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. And so you're pretty relaxed. Yeah. Um, I guess like in a relationship, especially, well, in, in the relationship you're in currently at the time when you kind of made it more serious, you're working in the club, she's working in the club too, dancing, like you're essentially just trusting her to. Yeah. I think I'm a pretty good read of people though. Like I had dated a couple other dancers before that it was like almost, it was pretty obvious to me that their interest was in more than just me. You know, I was dating this girl for a time. I want to say, and and it's interesting because she was just so adamantly wanting to label the relationship between her and I. And I was still in that headspace of, I just got out of something crazy and I don't really want to be tied to anybody per se. I'm just doing me, but she's pretty adamant. But it was funny because even when she was asking me, like I had a hunch that she was seeing other people and it didn't bother me because I was in that headspace. So when she was so like determined to label it, I was like, well, why kind of thing? And it's, what's really funny is that like, I don't know, there's a couple months we've been dating and she's like, you need a pet. I'm like, oh, I do? And she's like, yeah. She's like, I think you need a cat. And I'm like, not a cat guy. <laughs> I, I know you're you're yeah, a cat person, yeah. but I am just not a cat guy. We don't jive. Like, and I think I think cats must know that because they like fawn over me because I don't love them, kind yeah. of thing. And so one day she randomly shows up at my house with a kitten. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I should preface this a little bit because I tried to talk her down off of it yeah. and like kind of put it on my landlord at the time and say, Oh, I'm not allowed to have pets, my landlord's not into it. And we were walking out of the house one day and she goes, Hey, would you be terribly upset if I got Chris a cat? And he's like, um, he's like, I mean, he's like, well, as long as it's not a dog, I'm okay. And I was like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, so sure enough, like, yeah, like after that conversation, it wasn't long when she showed up with this cat and I think I named it Zeus or something like that. And it took me two days to rename it Hades because it was like (laughs) the worst animal I've ever had. Like scratching up my legs and it would just meow all night it pissed it pissed in my bed every day it's a kitten it do that puppies do that too well what's interesting is after she brought me the cat i didn't see her for a month oh wow (laughs) like she was just busy or what i think she was with one of those other guys she was seeing basically i'm 98 percent certain that one time i dropped her off at a guy's house after we had a weekend together Someone's Which again didn't really bother me. Someone's like, busy, yeah. yeah. But I mean, if you know, if you are sort of aware of it, and yeah. you choose to 
So, but yeah, I mean, like, back to it, like, I'm just, yeah, I'm not terribly jealous, and again, maybe it's just my immersion in the industry for so long, and, like, you know, like, probably, like, 11 years of being a strip club DJ and a manager or whatever, yeah. and just, like, you know, short-term, short-burn relationships and that kind of thing or whatever, and, I mean, like, I don't know, once you've seen your girl do lap dances across the room with another guy and walk away from it as if it was just like they just punched in, punched out, and like they yeah. don't seem like they're like all Twitter painted over it. Well, then you're like, oh, it means nothing. It was just a rental. Yeah. <laughs> just a rental. I guess that's a way of looking at it. It's yeah. a little bit. It's like yeah. love for lease. Yeah. Where you would it bother you at first? Oh. <sighs> Early days. Yeah. Early, early days. And how'd you deal with that? Um, I think it was just kind of like, just kind of let it go. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I feel like the more I sweated it, the more, what, whichever girl I was seeing at the time, the more it would like kind of freak them out. Right. And it was just kind of observation that I made. And I guess, I guess I should also say like my long term ex, she's kind of like the reason I ended up at the club because she was dancing for a time. Oh. Albeit, and I don't love to say this, she, I don't think she had the thick skin that's required to be an adult worker. Okay. Um, why? why everything think... was a personal slight to her basically. Oh. So well, what, 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 why are you saying you need thick skin to work as an adult? As an adult worker, I mean, like, you know, especially if you're, like, trying to sell somebody something, um, it's, a lot of it is based on your aesthetic, your personality, and stuff like that, so when someone, if you don't have a thick skin, and this, like, also boils down to sales, you gotta be willing to take the no. Right. And sometimes the no isn't gonna be a soft no, sometimes it could be a hard no or an aggressive no, and, like, you know, they just want you to get the hell away from them, and it doesn't really matter what you're selling, honestly. I mean, like, you could be trying yeah. to sell somebody charity in a supermarket, and they might still get up up down your throat, right? Um, so I don't think she was necessarily built for the rejection, mm. and it just didn't really work well for her. She was often crying in the back kind of thing, because it was a oh, personal... No. She felt it a personal attack yeah. kind of thing, um, which might have played into her substance abuse. I don't know. <clears throat> I can't really say to be sure, but... Um, That's interesting. Yeah, so anyways, and I think, I think, you know, when I was with her, ours was a relationship of intensity. Like, I think, mm. I think, like, you know, that was one where we fought a lot kind of thing, and I think the fire is what kind of, like, kept it alive kind of thing, because there was intensity involved yeah. and stuff like that, and I think maybe there were some moments when I was with her like that, but now looking back, I'm like, oh my god, why was I why did I put so much of my energy into that? And right. It, it kind of maybe built my skin a bit thicker too, actually, because of that. And yeah. So, I mean, like, I mean, like I, I, I am very extroverted and I don't really take the nose hard. I did sales for like eight years. I've sold everything from like, you know, car wax to chocolates to makeup and skincare and stuff like that. Right. And I've, I've knocked doors, made phone calls. I've done business to business, that kind of thing. So, I like to, I used to joke when I was training you guys, I'm like, your job isn't to sell shit, your job is to collect no's. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's what I say about <clears throat> stand-up too, like a lot of people are worried. Actually, um, the guy that w walked out, he's a comic, and or uh, he was doing open mics, I guess a comic, and uh, I met him at the gym like a few months back, and I'm like, dude, what happened? He's like, oh man, I went and bombed at one open mic, and like, mm. I just kind of fell down, just didn't feel so, I'm taking a break, and I was like, just 
look at it as collecting 200 bombs. Mm-hmm. Like once you get 200 bombs out of the way, you'll you'll be a com- like a better comic. Absolutely. And so just I guess yeah, looking for failure is yeah. Is so it. I mean like I I used to joke when I was training you guys in sales and I would say if I don't get 20 no's in a row, I'm like pick a snack out of the store next door or whatever kind of thing. I'm like, it's on me kind of thing. Mm. And like, without a doubt, I'd never hit 20 no's. I was just like, you know, I'm like, it's just consistency. I'm like, you can't, if you turn over so many rocks, you're bound to find gold somewhere. Nice. So, um, have you been consistently dating, uh, your fiance? Like, or have you guys been kind of taking a break here and there? No, she's, we've been, yeah, 100% for like, it was our five year anniversary in December. Wow. Yes, yeah, so we blew past the, the last five year, one. Yeah, 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 we blew past the last one. And I actually, I actually proposed to her two years into the relationship. Wow. I just kind of knew with her. What was it? Um, I don't know. It was the cap. There was a lot of chemistry. We both kind of like understood each other's dynamic, I guess. And like. And I think also there was like an an evolution in me once I had kind of like tipped over to the other side of the adult industry and not so much being, you know, I guess if we're talking about superheroes, I was the man in the van before. And now now I'm like the secret agent in the field kind of thing. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. The man in the van van is like, got the headphones on, he's got the suit surveillance. So so you were in the head office, now you're on this. Yeah, now I'm working Getting down and dirty. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think now that's kind of expanded my my view of the field kind of thing. And so because we both understand that side of of the business, I mean, like it made it a lot easier to operate Mm. and we both know kind of what it takes to be in the industry. And I mean, like I, I, at parties, I'll kind of like, I gauge the room. Right. So like not every time am I going to announce to the, like, I mean, like I feel like you have to be certain level of attainable when you work at these things, especially if you plan to get like, you know, it's in a, it's in a playful way, you know, everyone knows that, Nothing's gonna. Well, some people ex- might think that yeah. something might happen, but I operate on the understanding that everyone knows nothing's gonna happen, so we can kind of push certain boundaries. Where like I know that there's gonna be a hard stop at yeah. a certain point. I feel like I know in the first ten minutes that I walk into a party, who, yeah, who I'm dealing with, the, what the vibe is. You can usually tell if you're at something timid that's gonna end up like I don't know a tea party, right? Which I've definitely done a few tea parties, yeah, or a brunch or whatever. Or if you're at something that's like a full on like girls gone wild kind of thing, and they want to like ha- they want to like reach right underneath there and like like toot the horn and whatever kind of thing, <laughs> yeah. which which has for sure also happened before. Um, so I mean like there's like various degrees of it and I mean like I usually try to explain myself and I always, you know, say, you know, boundaries are broken by big tippers. Yeah. Right. So we can, we can, we can play with the rules a little bit, but not too much kind of thing. But anyways, I think, you know, like, and and again, it boils down to what what I, what I was actually getting at was, um, you know, whether I bring up the relationship or not at a party really depends on the room. Right. If I feel like the room is seeking for me to be available to some degree, uh, I might say something that I learned at the strip club, which would be like, oh, you know, like they'll be like, oh, do you have a relationship or a girlfriend or whatever? And I say, I like to say, you know what? I have a crush. 
And oh, yeah. I'm, I was actually hoping that you ladies could give me some assistance or maybe some advice as to how I might land that crush or whatever. Ooh. Or I might say that, you know, like, uh, I've got an FWB, like a friends with benefits, or it's complicated or something like that. Yeah. Because I feel like if you're some level of available, they have a little bit more fun. And I'm not going to lie, I'm definitely here for the money. So, I mean, like, they're going to tip me a little bit better knowing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know what? <laughs> Call me crazy, and I don't. Maybe you'll agree with me, or maybe you'll disagree with me. But as a man, we're like so fine tuned to pursue, and yeah. you know, like be the seeker of like the beautiful lady or the beautiful, right. you know, or what we're, what we're, in, what we, what we seek out of life, and like as a partner, and so to be in this position that we are now, we're kind of, it's kind of like a role reversal because some it of these, is wild. Yeah. Yeah. Some of these girls can get pretty crazy and they, and, and they would actually almost like be a mere image of what I might see. Okay. They would be like a mere image of what I might see in like, in like a gentleman's club. Like yeah. what guys are like, like, <laughs> they're like, they want, they're, they're like, they're a little, I don't know, for lack of a better term, a little bit greasy. Yeah. Which I don't mean in a negative way. They're just like, you know, like they're just, was that party with you that I went to? Uh, I think, I mean, most most of the fun ones were with you. Anyways, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I've, I've talked about this before. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but there's something, like, that's just, like, empowering about being on that side of it. Yeah. Because how often do we get to be the one that says no? I mean, I <clears throat> get on that side all the, all the time. Um, I'm, I'm kidding. Yes. Um... Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. Not for guys, anyways. Like not for most men. So it's interesting. Um, I, I'm also like uncomfortable saying no. Like I feel bad <laughs> saying. I'm like I'm. I'm sorry, but no. I mean, especially for me, like in contrast yeah. to where I started, like having lost such a great amount of weight and mm. just kind of like come into like a different form of myself, and so like. I mean, like, even before I started doing the butlers and stuff like that, like, it had been a long time since I had gone out, since before I had lost all the weight and stuff like that, and I kind of was just kind of rebuilding myself after the crazy relationship, and I hadn't gone out, and because my ex had such crazy substance abuse problems, I, I'm just not super motivated to get inebriated or drunk or anything right. like that, like, it's just not really my thing anymore. Uh, I call it chasing a hangover. I think it's just a little bit crazy. Like mm-hmm. you're just intentionally punishing yourself. Like it's like four hours of fun for like, I mean like every year it seems like it's a little bit longer. It's like a day or two or maybe three of hangover. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't love it, but I, went, I remember going out for the first time and having lost like the greater chunk of my weight. I'm, we're probably talking like the 50 to 60 pound mark. I'm right. at this point. And we went out. And I'm not drinking. I'm just there having a good time with, with my girl, my girlfriends and stuff like that. And we're dancing and stuff. And I must have gotten approached like four or five separate times. And that was the first time I ever got to like be like, nah, I'm okay kind of thing. And I was like, it was kind of like a strange feeling. And so like that was like, you know, a singular incident. But then now working as a butler, that happens to me more and more kind of thing. And I'm like, you know, mm, I think you're kind of missing what the dynamic is here or something <laughs> like that. Or, or you get girls who are like, you know how much would it cost to like take you upstairs or whatever? And I'm like, I think you're thinking of an escort. I am a butler. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm like, we're not necessarily strippers because a, we show up already naked and I'm like, but we're covered. But, 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 
part we're a little bit yeah. more fun. yeah and we're a little bit more fun like we get to like kind of chill and create a relationship with you whereas yeah. like a stripper comes in it's like 15 or 20 minutes of like wham 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 and, and then, then you're out they're gone and we're yeah. like in there for like two hours and we play games and we yeah. serve drinks and we tell them get stories to know people. yeah like by the time you've been there for like half an hour 45 minutes or whatever like whoever's like really like been your touch point when you walked in like whoever like booked you is already kind of feeling like a kind of a friend almost yeah I, it's kind of there. weird like by the time I leave I feel like we're all friends yeah but then I'm like chances are I'll never see them again yeah in in, in most cases absolutely I've, actually, I've bartended uh when I when I worked at the restaurant downtown yeah. and this girl comes in and she looks familiar but I was like, I wasn't sure if she looks familiar or if she's just kind of cute, right? So she comes in, she sits down at the bar, she orders a drink, and then she goes, uh, you look familiar. And I was like, oh, you know, maybe just one of those faces. Yeah. And then we're like... I say that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So I just serve her the drink and we we're chatting, whatever, chatting about her day. And she's like, no, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen you before. Like, do you work anywhere else? And I was like, yeah, kind of. Like, I bartend at special events. She's like bachelorettes and i was like yeah she's like do you remember the one in richmond and i was like when she's like oh a few weeks ago i was like oh yeah i remember that one it was i walked in and it was just like 12 girls all lingerie and mm. i'm like this is cool mm. uh, and they're just like dancing yeah. grinding grinding on each other and i was just there they're like just just drink us or like not us but you know, kind of like beer me type thing. Yeah. Bring us drinks. And um, so it doesn't happen often. <clears throat> but you're right. It's a different those. dynamic. Like yeah. we're we're more of a... There. That reminds me of one I had. Actually, they rebooked me this last summer. But both parties pretty much ended up in a full-blown like naked dance party kind nice. of thing. And... But I, but as for running into people or whatever, yeah. Even just the other weekend, I went to Fan Expo dressed mm-hmm. up as like I, I wanted full cosplay as as One Punch Man, right? And you this, look amazing in that suit. Oh, thanks, brother. Like, yeah. I, it's probably the one uh, shaved head superhero that I can like really pull off. Actually, you could probably do like a suit and go as Lex Luthor. I've been, I you know what? I've been toying with that as an yeah. idea. I've also been toying with doing like you don't um, quite look like you got cancer so no i'm thinking about doing like dr manhattan oh, that could be like good. watchmen like uh, yeah. blue from head to toe with a loincloth and like yeah the white contacts so uh, i'll be honest the blue like the paint thing it sticks it yeah. takes a long time to well i was up. thinking about maybe kind of cheating a little bit like at the very least like having like i don't know like like the like um like spandex bottoms or something like that at least mm-hmm. so maybe i can just do just the torso or something right I feel like it'll look a little bit more authentic, but uh, anyway, I digress. So I was I was at Fan Expo, and this girl stops me, and she's like, "Hey," she's like, "You're Mr. Chris, right?" <laughs> and so, like, anyways, and I'll get to that in a second. Actually, I'm like, I want to talk about that, but um, anyways, I'm like, yeah, that's that's. Me. She's like, you do butlers, right? I'm like, yeah, that's that's me. She's like, it's me. She's so uh, I can't remember her name now, but she's like, it's yeah. me. So so we worked that big gay party. At the uh, at the Western Bayshore was this. Right. It was the most amazing wedding I've ever the, been to. The, yeah, you. Were, it you was me and wedding. one of the other guys, yeah. and it was like they had bought the whole wing of this fancy hotel, and it was like a big brass band. And it was they were called like Queer as Funk, 
and they had uh, drag queens doing bingo, Sick. and they, like it was the coolest party. Like legitimately, my friend had a wedding like a week yeah. or two before that, and I called her up to tell her that her wedding was garbage by comparison. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the gays. They know how to have a yeah, wedding. Yeah, like yeah. they were like these two rich gay guys, uh, they're doctors or whatever. Damn. And it was just crazy. Um, but anyways, yeah, stops me dead in the middle of the expo, and she's like, "Oh my god!" She's like, and her boyfriend's with her, and he's like, "She's talked about that party so many times." She's like, "And you, and uh, you were like the highlight of the party for her, basically." Sick. And I guess now she runs her own planning business. Like she was kind of the assistant to the wedding planner, uh, and now she runs her own business. And she like grabbed my information because she was like, "I need to grab you again at some point, basically." Sick. But um, it was so funny because when she calls me Mr. Chris, and I'm like, that's kind of like my alias when I'm doing this. And it's, it's a very, it's a very Mr. like... Mr. Chris as yeah. an alias is borderline like Clark Kent wearing it's glasses. Bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I love Mr. that as a reference. Yeah. Yeah. Just Mr. added to it. And it's like, no, I, I, I don't know Mr. Chris. So, and as you were like, I, I just know my buddy Chris. I, I've never, yeah. When I started, I had like all of these grandiose ideas for like great aliases, like like yeah. a stage name of sort. And she doesn't work for the company anymore. But there's this older lady working for the company. I, mean, I say older, older than me. Maybe she was like in her fifties or something like that. Um, and so when I asked about having an alias or a stage name, she's like, oh, there's not really much point. Your name's going to show up on the job sheet anyways. Yeah. Like, I, most guys don't, whatever kind of thing. And I was like, damn. I'm like, kind of like a little bit disappointed, A. And B, I thought, wow, there goes my anonymity if I ever wanted it kind yeah. of thing. And, and anyway, so, so I adapted and I started saying Mr. Chris because A, I thought it sounded a little butlery. Like, if yeah. I was to be an actual butler. And B... There was some level of, like, I could sidestep it a little bit. Like, is your real name, like, Chris or Mr. Chris or whatever? And I would just kind of reply with a, oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, just kind of a shrug. I've been asked if, because I, I just say Alex. Yeah. And I've been asked if that was my real name. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of like a natural reaction. Like, you just kind of shrug it off because, like, they presume that you're using a stage name regardless. Yeah. Which is kind of funny, too. So, like, technically your name could be your stage name without actually having to make too much trouble out of it. But sometime later, I had made a good impression on our boss. And so we had, we've had quite a few, like, tete-a-tetes, like, over Zoom and stuff like that where we kind of, like, spitball ideas or maybe, like, you know, give him feedback on what's working well for me and stuff like that. And he goes, by the way, he's like, why did you never choose an alias? Yeah. And I was like, sorry, can you repeat that back to me for yeah, a second? Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, yeah, he's like, you could have chosen like a stage name if you wanted to. And I'm like, what's her name? So-and-so yeah. said that that was a, was, was a non-thing. He's like, yeah, no, you could have for sure chosen they a stage really name. they don't really see job sheets. <laughs> they don't. Like half, half these people, it's a, it's a drop in the hat. Like even yeah. if they got the job sheet... I'm they pretty sure they don't really read it. No, no, yeah. Like, just, all it is is a confirmation you, okay, for them. Okay, if you did do a stage name, what would your stage name be? I mean, I had a few. I, I've always felt kind of like a Damien or something like oh. that. I like I like. You the, do look like a Damien. Yeah, a little bit of a Damien. Yeah. I, uh, my my stripper stage name that I've been toying with forever was always like a Damien Michaels or whatever. Damien Michaels. Um, I also like Dane Kush. Dane Cush. Okay. Dane Cush, which is a little bit of a play on Dane Cook because I like his, yeah. him as a comedian and I thought it was kind of fun. Are you a funny. Kush? I'm very into the Cush. Okay. Uh, I like my weed for sure. That, I think that's like what works well for me as opposed to like being into the alcohol and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's funny because my ex 
It's so funny. For all of her substance abuse issues, she was bothered by weed. And, and like, she felt like I was checked out if I was stoned. Well, I'll tell you why I was checked out is because she was drunk and I didn't really want to listen to any more of the same, the same story for the 10th time in the night, basically. Oof. So, yeah, I was checked out for sure. But, um, but what I love about weed is that, like, comparatively to the person sitting next to me who's getting plastered, I'm not getting punished the next day by, exactly. by my yeah. body. And, in fact, not even, like, it maybe lasts me the hour and then I just feel kind of sleepy, maybe, yeah, or yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah. and you know, and then I just kind of make the choice whether I'm going to keep going about my day or if I'm just going to go to bed. Right. Problematic, I think not. <laughs> uh, Dane Kush, that's not bad. Um, and so what's your? You've got fitness clients. Yeah. Uh, are you like what's what's next for you? I have a couple things in, in, in the cooker right now. So, like, I'm working on an online platform right now. I feel like that'll be kind of like a 2x of my current business mm-hmm. or more. I mean, for, if, if I listen to the experts, it should be more than that. But I'd be happy with the 2x. Um, so, once that's up and running, I'd like to start a very geeky slash private facility that is uh, for, for fitness training. Uh, akin to like a uh, like a salon basically oh, okay. so like hairdressers can go to a salon and operate as a freelance but they just kind of rent the chair and a piece of every haircut so i want to make a facility that helps trainers who want to strike out on their own but maybe don't have the setup just yet mm. um and just kind of like have stations set up that have everything you would need a rack and bars and weights and everything like that and maybe even the ability to separate those spaces with a large green space and like uh, I really want to make a content creation lab in there too because I love making content and mm. I like both fitness and, and geeky I'm definitely like uh, in the camp of I don't love I, I, I love to have your videos are starting to look pretty sick dude like transitions and thank stuff. you yeah. uh, it's been kind of a growing process but you know I do love to be a personality and I love not taking myself too seriously like I'm happy to poke fun at myself in right. order to soften up what you know the fitness industry always comes across as very serious yeah, well, because at least at the beginning it was catered toward men, and even mm-hmm. if you look at any product catered towards men, you'd have like a body wash that's the same as the mm-hmm. f- women's body wash. It's just in a black <laughs> container, <with> like <laughs> yeah. a, a gray container with like sharp letters yeah. and name something like Rush or Axe or yeah. whatever. And I've also been quietly taking acting classes online. Sick. Yeah. Okay. Just kind of like character creation and nice. you know, just that kind of thing. Online. Online, yeah. So that, that just to kind of like as a hobby right now. Yeah. But I mean, like more off, more and more often, I get kind of pulled aside asking me if I do that already or if that's something I had considered because apparent apparently I'm funny. Yeah. Uh, apparently. But You're funny. I was <laughs> I was like telling people a story the other day and they're like I, I was actually telling a very serious story. Yeah. And I don't know what it was, something to do with my, like, the way my face was contorting or, like, my inflection or something like that. Yeah. But they were like, some of what I'm saying, even though I'm trying to be serious, comes across as humorous. Mm. Which, I'm a pretty big room energy, so I wasn't, I didn't necessarily discount what they're saying. I'm like, yeah, I'm a little bit gregarious, I guess you would say, so it could come across as funny, I suppose. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, um, all of these things and... Have you, like, when you were dating, have you skipped the whole, like, Tinder era? 
I played with it a bit, but it was kind of, you know, like it was a little frustrating because people are so, you have to be like, you have to have the best one-liner to talk to somebody nowadays on those yeah. things is what it feels like. And like, you know, everyone's like, hi or hello isn't a greeting. And why, why isn't it a greeting? It's an initial. So I'm like, sure. Okay, fine. So hello, how are you? <laughs> I'm like, you know, like. I'm like, you know, like, why does it have to be excessively complicated? Yes, it's a saturated market of people who are seeking a partner, but why do we got to be, like, so, yeah, like, so, I mean, like, I I played with it a bit. I had, like, a Tinder and a Bumble and stuff, and, like, very briefly after me and my ex had split, I mean, she was, like, quick to find me on Tinder. Like, she was, it was almost like she was swiping till she found me. Right. Just so I could get in trouble, basically. Damn. And, like, hacked my Facebook and everything like that. She was... Jeez. she, speaking of comedy, she, like, went, after we split, she went and did, like, an amateur night, oh. and, like, without necessarily naming me, did a whole, a whole, like... Oh, I think you told me Yeah, a whole, like, 15, 20 minute tirade about me, First basically. of all, who gave her 15, 20 minutes of time? I want to meet that crazy booker. So that club actually doesn't exist anymore. It was uh, the Heritage Grill. Okay. It burnt down. Oh, it burned down. Well, a I've never heard of it, but yeah, that's that's wild. And she, she and then she posted it to Facebook, and so five year almost five years together, lots of mutual acquaintances. Yeah. So a lot of people heard that. And oh, I think you told me about it. Yeah. But like, but what was interesting was there was there was a much embellishment, like much embellishment, which I think obviously there probably is a lot of embellishment in comedy, anyways. When right. You, when you want to lean into it a little bit, but yeah. But anyway, so I lost. It's, even even just from the breakup, I lost a lot of like close friends to me or whatever, and it took a few years. But all of a sudden, people started circling back, being kind of like, "I think she may have been speaking more about herself than you," kind of thing or whatever. And there was definitely some. Anyways, people saw her for her true self. Basically, eventually, is I think my point. How did you feel about people coming back to you? Some were I, some I was happy to welcome back, and some I was happy to send on their way (laughs) it was like you know some you know some people and then some people i also give the benefit of the doubt kind of thing you know like maybe you know i could see how you might have felt you were kind of like we you you were never specifically a her friend or a my friend or whatever so like there was lots of room for guesswork basically I i just yeah i just feel like it's such a weird thing to do to make a stand but i guess i've also haven't really been friends with like couple like serious couples because i'm like i don't give a I think it was just a cry mm, no not a cry for attention i think it was just a need to control the narrative mm. is what i think it was is it was like it wasn't an explosive breakup in my opinion as far as like how the end day went down like, I was actually pretty calm at that point. I was just, like, I had been disappointed enough times. So how'd you actually break up? It was just a very serious conversation, basically. And it just kind of was in that same day, same vein of, like, a, hey, I've decided that I'm, I'm never having kids. It's not going to happen, basically. And it was just a compilation of red flags, basically, that flew through my head in that moment. And I was just, like, I've put so much energy into trying to sustain this but why kind of thing. Mm. And so I kind of just said, you know, it was just a very frank, like, I don't think I can do this anymore. And, and it was, that, that was the end of it. 
Mostly, yeah. Like, I went to take my mom's briefly just to kind of let the air cool. And then, because I lived there with her, like, we lived together, uh, I made an attempt to start kind of, like, uh, acquiring, like, a bed and some, like, furniture and stuff while I was looking for a place. And I was just kind of sleeping in the spare room. And there were, it was just weird because it would either be fights or she would be trying to like cozy up to me or whatever because it's like five years of familiarity there still. So she's like trying to like, I don't know, rekindle something and I was just not having it really. And mm. I was just like, so I ended up getting out of there a lot sooner than I was anticipating. And I put a lot of my stuff in storage and, and eventually found a new place. But damn. It wasn't, yeah, so, like, I think because it wasn't so crazy explosive, and I think she just felt like she had been... Like it wasn't fully over. Yeah, she felt like she had been cheated of, like, the climax of the Uh, end, basically. So, yeah, yeah, like, again, like, controlling the narrative, because she was kind of a mess, I think. If she controlled the narrative, then she could say that I was the mess. Right. Right. Whatever makes people feel better, I guess. It's fine. I mean, like, I would have never had the awakening that I've had yeah. having not had that experience. And I mean, like, I'm not a rich man, but I like to say that I'm rich in life experience. And I got lots of that. That's a, that's a good <laughs> perspective to have, yeah. Yeah, so it helped me to grow into this uh, this evolved version of me. And I think I'm, like, a little bit more grounded because of it. Like, I'm just, like, more understanding and mm. just more patient. What's interesting to me is that, like, drive from certain people to improve their situation like it's not always like some people are in a similar you know life circumstance Mm. and they're just like i guess that's it this is life and then others get to that point and they you know come out on top so it's like what is it that i'm a very type a i'd like to think like i'm like definitely like extroverted Mm. And I'm aspirational, like, I really, like, always am seeking to improve, I guess. And, like, honestly, if if I get too comfortable somewhere or too familiar, I just become complacent and bored, I guess you would say. Like, Mm. if I have to stare, like, if I worked at the same desk every day for 10 years and I had to stare at the same clock and the same monitor and stuff like that, and I lacked the challenge, like, there was nothing really, like... I had to work or fight for it would just it wouldn't be worth my time like, right so that's that's your perspective now now but, but like I'm, how how'd you get to the point of like you know being 240 if if that's we'll call that depression oh okay. we'll call that depression and just kind of being stuck in a place that i'm not and that i'm less than comfortable mm. and like because i was i wouldn't say that i was always heavier and i was never like yeah, crazy you were, fit you're saying when you were 19 you went to that audition yeah the expectation like, that you were yeah. in good enough shape like i didn't have like abs or anything yeah. like that but i was like i was a, a regular looking 19 year old basically like i could have passed for like just another college student kind of right. thing um yeah i think i think i was depressed and i was kind of just like becoming submissive to the problem mm. you know and just kind of letting it happen and in the background, still trying to, like, improve myself in other categories, I guess you would say. Right. Um, but not, like, nothing, you know, like, that That was, like, I was stuck. Yeah. I was just stuck, like, my wheels were spinning kind of thing. Like, yeah. I wanted to improve, but she wanted to say the same. And I think being with somebody like that just kind of, like, deters you from advancing. Right. 
And now I'm with somebody who's like super supportive. Like I would, I would call her like a cheerleader of mine, basically. Like when we first started dating, even when we weren't super duper serious, um, she would come with me to the gym, not necessarily to work out, but just to like patiently wait for me kind of wow. thing. And she would hang out in like the massage chairs, which is not, a pun- <laughs> which isn't necessarily a punishment in itself, yeah. <laughs> but, but she would patiently wait for me and like read comics and stuff. And she's like very, you know, supportive of like my ambitions. Like I'm planning to do a physique show at the end yeah. of the month. And I told her, and the, you know what, the, the only thing she, she, she didn't love about the idea was that I have to like be spray tanned mahogany brown, basically. <laughs> like she, everything else she was like totally down for. Like she's always Why like, didn't she like the brown stuff? Uh, she just doesn't like the spray tan. She oh. just thinks it's tacky looking basically. Right. But it's like, I mean, it just, is, but it's just part of the thing. It's just part of it. It really accentuates all yeah. the work that you've done. And like, I see it for what it is exactly that. Like it accentuates all of my hard work. Like right. it really gives you like, especially cause they're Would like, you be able to see here. the tattoos through the tan. It'll be mute. They'll be muted basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're there, but it's like not as focal. And I think that helps for them right. anyways, because the judges are also like down on an angle beneath you. Mm. And so, like, even when someone was explaining to me recently, like, you're, you're not flexing upright like this, like, you're, like, leaned back on an angle kind of thing, like, it's, like, I'm interested to see how that's going to work out for me because of my degenerative discs, me contorting myself that far back that way and for how long I can hold that or whatever without causing myself harm. So how does, like, are you just constantly in pain now working out or, like, no, it's not like that anymore. Do you it ha- was. have to skip out on certain exercises that you can do or you're just like, what's at, at first? Yes. Yeah. At first I would like really like, I mean like, and I'm even working with somebody who has a similar back problems to my own. Um, you start in a re- very regressed state of all of these workouts. So like what would be a normal deadlift for you? I was doing from a complete like like three steps back from that deadlift basically mm. and like working in her, you know, like assisted that kind of thing. I would do yoga and stuff to help improve my flexibility and my mobility and stuff like that. And then, yeah, like everything was like three steps back. And right. now, you know, some six years later, like I, I, I still maybe lift. I, what I like to say is I lift about 70 to 80% of my max. Okay. I know what my max is and I'll test for max every now and then, but it's not my regular everyday as, workout as it to push it. Yeah. Be. Yeah. Um, That's pretty standard, I think. So like I always say to like my clients is like, you know, like know your body, listen to your body and be vocal because if you don't listen and you don't say anything, nothing can change. So right. like if we're, if we're acknowledging the problem and not just trying to blow through and do what the last guy on Instagram was doing, well then yeah, we can successfully improve. And like, you know, I, I've started treating my back in different segments when I'm working out now too. So like I'll treat posterior chain and erectors, which is like the top of my bum and the low part of my back. Um, separate from like the upper part of my back with my shoulders and stuff like that um and even that i've noticed a marked improvement whereas like before i started training i could go for like i could barely go for a 10 minute hike damn um standing on my feet for extended period of time on like hard surfaces was agony like i think i couldn't make it past like like if i had to go to a convention or something like that like which i love comic book conventions but they're all in these convention centers with like super hard floors yeah like end of two hours and this is like i want to be there for nine and then of two hours i'm like i need to go sit down or lay down yeah. somewhere like it was well really you got tough. me on that whole uh game of like because we're wearing flip-flops for, yeah. for for our gigs yeah and mine are like dollar store yeah. flip-flops that i picked up and when i was in thailand 
uh, yours are fucking massage. They're pillows. Pillows, yeah. Yeah, they're little so clouds. I remember we did a gig that was like four hours or something, yeah. and I was like, man, my back is killing me. And you're like, no, I'm fine. Get, yeah. Get a pair of these. The training really helps, though. Honestly, yeah. like, having training in those different segments of my back and really just, like, treating my core as much as I do. Like, core is a daily thing for me. So, treating that extends the period of time that I can be on my feet. Right. So, I worked that, that wedding, that wedding was like little over six hours, I think yeah. it was. And it was all that type of floor. It was like super hard concrete or like Oof. marble or whatever in a hotel. And pre- prior to all of this, that would have destroyed me. Yeah. Absolutely. And now it's an afterthought, which isn't to say there isn't bad days for sure. Like I have flare ups and stuff like that, but it's not nearly the severity that it was. Right. Um, <clears throat> what I'm curious about is you say your fiance is like your essentially cheerleader. Mm. Um, when you, when you come up with an idea of something you want to do, like for me, for example, I, like I just started streaming. Mm-hmm. Right. And in my mind, I'm just seeing it, seeing how it goes. Like mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, um, there's not a lot of things that I'm like, okay, well, I thought of it. I'm going to start doing it. I'm going to be doing it for the rest of my life. So, or like, no matter what, I'm just going to keep doing it. So when say someone's being supportive, I understand that and I appreciate it. But in my mind, it like puts a lot of pressure on me succeeding because there's people trying to like kind of not relying, but you know, you know what I mean? she's very chill. She's like, she's not very, she's very non-judgmental, you know? Like, I mean, like I soundboard things off of her. Um, but at the end of the day, she'll always be like, you know, regardless of what her opinion was, she'll be like, just do it. Just go for it. Like, you know, throw it out there in the universe. What's the worst that could happen kind of thing. Right. Um, if it really depends on the thing, cause I know what you're talking about. Like, I mean, like akin to like, say, like quitting smoking or something like that. Like if I quietly was to be like, I'm going to quit smoking, I'm going to be far more motivated in my head to do it. If I tell no one. Right. Versus like saying, Hey mom, I'm going to quit smoking. And she gets through the roof excited about it. And she's like, Oh my God, I can't wait. And every day she's asking me, Oh, how many smokes did you have? Or whatever, that kind of thing. And it's like, it drives me the other direction. Right. Entirely. I'm like, it it stresses me out. All I want to do is that. But Chloe's kind of like, you know, encouraging, but also supportively silent too. Like Mm. she's like happy to see it happen. And like, she'll comment as my progress goes through or whatever. But what else is great is she doesn't try to like make any suggestions or anything like that as to like what I should or should not be doing. She's just like, she kind of just like, I mean like, yeah, she'll say, she'll discourage me if something just seems problematic or something like that. And I mean, like, it could be simple or whatever. Like, I went to make a post to kind of commemorate my six years of fitness recently. And the audio in the background, I guess, has, has she tells me, has seen some controversy recently or whatever. And was it a, it was just, like, it was a song or whatever. Oh, it was okay. just kind of like the lyrics. I guess they were, they were supposed to be tuned towards a certain type of person. And we live uh, in a very, um, people are very specific about how you, yeah, it has to address be kind them of nowadays, all inclusive, yeah. and that's actually kind of what bothered me because she was like, the controversy was over. It's meant for just this specific type of person, uh, and I was like, but 
don't, aren't we in this like really evolved world now where people are like, they want to be super inclusive and like we can define things in many different ways. Mm. Like, you know, like the, the song I was talking about, I want a big boy is what it says. Oh. And I'm like, a big boy could be a lot of different things, but she's like, no, but they mean a big boy, like a thick boy, like, oh. you know, like, like heavy set basically. And I was like, but I have been, I've been both of those things. I yeah. was like, I've been a thick boy, and now I am also a, and what I'd consider a big boy, but I'm like, I'm just, I'm muscular now, I'm <laughs> yeah. jacked or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, and I thought when I was putting it together that it was kind of like fun, and, a, yeah. and a, kind of like a play on words a little bit. But people couldn't, yeah. But people, you know, she was like, I don't know, I'm like, that's you know. Good. That's but good it's, to have the grounding in a bit. It is, and I like that soundboard too kind of thing, because she'll hear out my side of the argument a little bit, and I'll be like, you know, she's like, you know, post whatever you're going to post kind of thing. Like, if you're going to do it, just do it, but... But, um, but she'll always give me that kind of like grounding bit or whatever, like, and, and perspective kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I didn't end up posting it as it was. I, I changed it and I think I, I can't remember what I put in the background, but it fit. Yeah. It fit. I think I would have put like, I'm Batman in the background or something <laughs> like that or I don't know. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it, there is, um, there is some nuance to, to the cheerleading part. I just mm-hmm. like... In my mind, that's why I'm looking for someone that has uh, a drive of their own. So yeah. that, because I don't. <sighs> you don't want them through, to be hyper involved in your thing. Not necessarily like... hyper involved, but like, if from one perspective, it's nice to have a cheerleader, you know, someone who, like you said, would go to the gym and wait mm-hmm. till you're done. But mm-hmm. then in my mind, that puts a lot of pressure on me to, to succeed and perform and. Mm-hmm. and get results and I am quite I'm trying to be quite uh, lenient and and accepting and Mm. sort of non-judgmental towards myself and having something like a a Mm -hmm. cheerleader I feel like makes it hard where I'm like oh I I I need to hold myself to a higher standard I need to do that so but I do that all on my own like I already hold myself to a high standard I do as well but it's like I I feel like if there's more people relying on me like Mm. I would even akin to like if you had a business and you're self-employed you know Mm. you're pushing yourself you're you're putting in the work hours but once you start to employ people you're like oh fuck like the business you know these people rely on the business I have to She's going harder. She celebrates my victories when I acknowledge the victories. That's good. Right? So, like, and, like, because she would cheer for me even if, even if I didn't necessarily hit the goal. Right. Right? Like, so, like, if I, like, last, I thought last summer was going to be, like, my physique of all physiques, basically. And something in the way I had made my program and my nutrition and stuff like that, it just wasn't working the same that time around. And it didn't really land the way I wanted it to. You were in pretty good shape. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, I, I wouldn't dis- I wouldn't discount the work yeah. that I put in, but what I was... It was short of the goal. Yeah, what I was se- yeah, it was short of the goal, and what I was seeking to do didn't happen, and I burnt a little bit of muscle in the process mm. uh, past the fat that I wanted to. And so, like, and because uh, we had kind of a late summer last year, I kind of pushed the cut a bit further back. 
And mm. I've employed a completely opposite strategy to that this year. Like, I started my cut January 1st this year. Wow. And I tightened my nutrition up entirely. And I completely changed the way I was eating. Like, I was doing, like, intermittent fasting before. And now? And now I'm eating, like, five meals throughout the day. Like, three big meals and two snacks kind I of thing. I remember you are barely, like... Yeah. Your eating window was very narrow. It was 16 and 8, yeah. so I was balancing a 16-hour fast with sleep and yeah. then part of my day, and I kind of had balanced it out so there was kind of a four-hour tail of the day and a four-hour start of the day and then my, like, almost eight hours of sleep in between. So it was manageable, and then I would still arguably put in, like, the math is still not dissimilar this year as far as the calories that I'm putting in. Like, the right. math is pretty similar. But you're off the intermediate fasting. I'm off the intermediate fasting, and now it's just kind of, like, spread evenly throughout the day. Yeah. And it's, like, so much different. So you didn't reach your goal, and mm. she still... She still thought I did fantastic, and she was yeah. throwing me high fives like I crushed it. <laughs> it was like I was beating myself up internally. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I, I didn't feel deserving of the high five basically because I didn't hit the goal that I was chasing basically mm. like I didn't get as lean as I wanted to I lost some of the muscle my lats kind of like disappeared on me a little bit and I was like even now like I'm looking through like a I t- you know if you're in physique like you take a buttload of pictures yeah and so going through you can see it's like a flip book and you're flipping through and the stick man's running across the page. But in mine, he's like, he's like falling Lats are down the page. <laughs> Lats are decreasing. Yeah, like decreasing. And yeah. I'm like, oh, no, no, this isn't going to work. Damn. <laughs> um, what's, because 11 workouts a week or, or it's probably more. You said you work out seven times a seven seven plus times five, a week, we'll five, yeah, so so like 12. 12 workouts yeah. a week. Mm. What's keeping you motivated? I know the show because you mentioned it before we started filming, uh, yeah. recording, and you you've also mentioned it on the ride to our gig. Yeah, your your turn your your birthday's coming up. Yeah, my thirty eighth birthday's coming up. It is. I feel a little bit weird about it, honestly. Like, uh, you know, thirty. I'm thirty seven right now, and I felt like this last year I could still kind of call myself in my middle thirties. Like it yeah. doesn't feel like I'm a, but 38 feels definitively like at the tail end of things. How'd you feel going from 29 to 30? 29 to 30? Slight crisis. <laughs> Slight crisis. <laughs> yeah. Because I thought that that was like the end of like the fun days, but arguably my thirties have been by far better than my twenties ever were. Yeah. I'm more established. I feel more confident in life. I know, I feel like I'm more educated in the things that I need to be educated in. Um, my, I just feel more stable yeah. on my feet kind of thing. And I can you, see the future. Did you feel a difference between 30 and 31? I would say by 33, I was starting to see the difference. Yeah. Because for me, 30 was a weird birthday where I was like, fuck. I also just got back to Vancouver. Like, I landed at like 3 p.m. on my birthday. Yeah. But Uh, people like on those milestone type birthdays, like, it's like people almost like make it their mission to fuck with you a little bit. Like the big balloons that say 30 or whatever. And like, you know, like, oh, you know, like everyone makes a real point to like iron it it in there and like make sure that it sticks with you kind of thing. Um, in your twenties, like, it's like every birthday is like just a celebration and you're just like, woo, I do want to party and stuff like that. And like my thirties, was more significant part of my life where I decided that I wasn't really into that type of partying. Like I'll drink in participation. Yeah. 
Like, and not to I, drink to get every drunk. time we're we're going to the thing and and they give us shots, I I immediately send them your way. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, Chris is the. I mean, like, the but other, then but then you have the excuse that you're driving. The so. other problem is that I have a massive tolerance for three things: um, painkillers, stimulants, and alcohol. Damn. So, like, even if I wanted, if even if they wanted to try to get me like turned at one of these parties, it would take a. Lot. It would take a lot of liquor. Like it skips a generation. Like I remember, my mom likes to say it's from her side because my apparently her dad was a bit of a drinker, but he wasn't like an alcoholic. My dad's dad was an alcoholic, and he would like have a bottle of gin for breakfast. And my dad could, was barely. Also, in my mind, like it's such fancy, such a fancy liquor, like a yeah. bottle of gin. You know, like we. My family would like drink stuff that smells like gasoline, <laughs> and we'd be like, See, like I'm great. Sure, but, and I'm sure I'm like, like embellishing gin. a little bit, but he he yeah. grew up in the depression, right? So right. like he was a smoker at age six, like yeah. you know, like he was on the booze, like probably around the same time, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, like he, but he had a real handle on it, like he was a functioning alcoholic. Like he was also a log roller. You know what a log roller is? Uh, no. So like loggers, you know, when they put all the logs in the river and you see, you see them like floating along, like you in the Fraser or whatever. Yeah. So old school, like in Quebec and stuff like that, they would have guys with spikes on their shoes that to move the logs would literally would like roll the logs and run across the logs. You ever seen like on Teletoon or whatever, and they have a song about yeah. the log rider. That was my granddad basically. And he Damn. Would do that. Think about that smoking and drinking and doing that as a, as a living. Yeah. You're basically. doing cardio every goal. Day. Dude, it's fucked up. Like I, I, one day he decided in his sixties he was gonna quit smoking and and drinking, and he was, he decided he was gonna become a cross country bicyclist and start doing that and dancing at night after his wife passed away. Okay. Very interesting fellow. But anyways, but it skips a generation yeah, because yeah, yeah. my dad could barely drink three beers. Like we'd go out when I was legal, I'd take him out to go have drinks, and he'd order the first pitcher and he'd have a beer, and I would finish the other three beers out of the pitcher, and then we'd order a second pitcher, top up his now half of a beer. And then maybe top it up one more time and I'd finish that pitcher. And by the third pitcher, he was tossed and he's like hanging over the table. So I'd finish the pitcher and he'd be, yeah. and he'd be like, are you good to drive? My dad was a cop too. When yeah, I was yeah. like 30 plus years of RCMP. Damn. And like, what's at me? Can you drive? And I'm like sober as a judge basically. Like, I'm like, all right, yeah, let's go. Like, <laughs> there's no point. <laughs> like for me to get drunk, it was, it's like 40 pounders yeah. of tequila or something like so that. So you, um... In in your thirties, you you kind of slow down on the on the drinking, yeah. and then so now you're gonna turn thirty eight, and it, you feel weird about it. I do feel a little bit weird about it. I mean, like on one hand, I feel like I've come quite far. On the other hand, I feel like I have a lot more to do. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm engaged to be married right now, so I guess that's technically part of my checklist that's kind of coming along nicely as far as aspirational life goals. Um, I found my partner, which is great. I'm still in, like, the growth phase of my business. I had kind of hoped to have been a little bit further along by this But you still, you've come so far. Like, uh, with, I think COVID kind of slowed you down, but I also think that COVID gave you direction. Yeah. Because you were kind of toying with some ideas pre-COVID, as far as I remember. Because you were like, oh, I might run this gym, I might do yeah. this, I might do this. And then COVID happened, and you're like, well... I had no choice but to pull the trigger. Yeah. And yeah. it was, it was, you know what, it was It was a move of necessity that actually turned out a lot better than I thought it was going to. Um, you know, my business has operated very well off of, like, word of mouth and, you know, like my own personal story because I, I like to think that I'm like kind of like an every guy, you know, like I didn't grow up athletic. I didn't, you know, like right. do sports or anything like that. So like everything that I've earned now 
was kind of a daydream to me growing up. And now I look at it and so like now telling my story to other people, it makes it very realistic, very manageable. And I didn't like, I'm not running gear or anything like that. Like I did it all naturally and you know, like mm. simple, simple supplements, nothing like nothing crazy, like everything you could get over the counter. And in so, Mexico, no, yeah, yeah, but I don't know. Maybe it's just the number. Maybe I'm just in my head about it. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking. I'm like, oh, like you know, technically, if we want to be really technical, I'm actually past the age bubble of butlers. Oh, yeah. Well, nineteen to thirty-five. If we're speaking technically, I'm outside the height bubble of butlers too. Are you? How yeah. old are you? I'm like five nine nine and a bit. Because they've definitely, like, I've brought them some recruit-type yeah. people that they sent away because they 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 want, like, a 5'10", yeah. 5'11". I was looking, <laughs> I was looking, when I got back to Canada, I was looking at the uh, requirements. It was, like, 5'10", have a car, all that. And I'm like, I'm out on two of those. <laughs> like, I didn't have a car at the very beginning because uh, I sold mine. And then, yeah, so look at us. And we're, you know. Outside of, you know, like we're operating outside of it. But I've even said, I said to the boss man, I said, look, I like actually really love your business as yeah. a whole. Um, I love the concept. I love what you guys are doing. I'm like, I love the spirit of it. I'm like, I'm like, I hope that at some point, if I was to like, you know. Yeah, they can bring you home. Yeah, like I don't want them to like bring, yeah. like, like once I'm not inside of the expectations of like what a butler should be, I would love to be involved in some way. Yeah. Like whether that's like helping them to manage a different, like, like, you know, part of the country or something like that. But I just love it. I think it would just be fun. I just, I think it's all in great spirit. And I think that there's like a long life for that company. Yeah. If it's, if it's taken care of. Then, yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah. I feel like, you know, there's always room to innovate and improve. We've shared things. a lot of, yeah. uh, Back and forth on what could be done and what should, should and, and what could change. Um, so with the new, the thirty-eight is the big one. So you're gonna, but it's oh, it's a big one just because you feel. Well, you were, you were also asking. You were saying that you want like what what kind of drives me like yeah. pushing or whatever, and I think like. I think moving the finish line is what does it for me a lot of the time or like finish. What do you mean by finish line? Like changing the goals up as they go along. So like this year, for example, like January was January is nutrition. Let's tighten up nutrition. Let's see what we can do to like make things better. What will it affect as a result? And let's just be consistent. I'm Mm. I'm like, I literally had like a daily checklist and like, what do you, where do you learn those things from? I'm kind of like self-starter, honestly. Like, I mean, like, I kind of, like, I read a lot. I mm. mean, like, I have, like, lots of, like, I read a lot of those, like, motivational type books and, like, how to, you know, win friends and influence people. But in terms like of, that. in terms of, uh, like, your business, like, nutrition, fitness. Oh. I, I started off initially as a student of YouTube and Instagram. Yeah. And I just kind of like perpetually pick up literature and stuff like that as I go. And even like Christmas this year. So part of me doing January like locked in nutrition was I actually asked one of the things I asked for for Christmas was this huge nutritional guide basically. Oh. Um, cause like I'm, whereas I haven't necessarily been certified to be a nutritionist side of things, 
Um, I've definitely deep dove into like every bit of information that I get my hands on without that, because honestly, a lot of the times they're just, they just want you to pay for the piece of paper Yeah. so that they can say that you paid for the piece of paper. Right. Um, like, you know, like I feel like when, even when I took my fitness certification, I spent a lot of time just kind of nodding and smiling because this was all common knowledge to me at this point. Like everything was, I just kind of felt like the whole time, like, can we just get to the end part where I write the test and I show you that I know everything? Yes. that would make this a lot easier for me and I could just get to work. Exactly. Because I'm like, I'm a busy body. I'd rather be working than not. Like COVID, that's what really messed me up the most was I need something to do. Right. I DIY'd everything you could DIY in my house. <laughs> Why do you need something to do? ADHD. Oh, oh okay. Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> ADD? I don't know. Like, I just like, I honestly, I, um, I don't know. I like, I'm like a puppy dog. I like, I like a reward. I like a treat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... So um, do you just make up the rewards for yourself or like, uh... I mean, the re- reward is like kind of the end product of the goal basically. Right. So like the nutrition snap that I did over January, it was already instant reward with the first, like, I don't know, it was like eight to 10 pounds. I lost that month. And then I, February I lost another, like, yeah, like nine pounds. So that was kind of a reward, but January's goal was different than February. So January's goal was the nutrition. February's goal was let's get really consistent at social media. Oh, okay. Um, so that wasn't necessarily with an intention for the page. I mean, like, yeah, the intention is always to grow and find the audience that you're you're trying to touch point with, right? Like, and mm. and, and help them because that's what I ultimately want to do. But having had such a transformation myself, is I want to gift that back. Like, and then, right. uh, you know, like I had such an eye-opening experience that I want to show other people that it is also doable for possible, either side of yeah. possible and, and, and whether, whatever side of the spectrum you land on, whether you're overweight or you're skinny, mm-hmm. or maybe you don't, you want to grow a butt or something like that. You know, there's other girls who want to grow butts now and, yeah. or maybe guys too. I don't know. As they should. <clears throat> right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that, that it's completely possible if you have the right strategy and you have the right mentorship and stuff like that. So I want to put that back in the universe. So my, but my objective for February was, yeah, let's, let's grow our social media in a consistency way. Like I just want to like be good at just having enough to go out there in the universe. That's both motivational and educational that we can kind of like help to show that it's doable. And this month, March, while I told you, I'm going to, I'm going to do the physique show, Mm -hmm. which is also just like kind of a lifetime goal basically like yeah. I, I just wanted to do but I'm incredibly hard on myself and so that's probably why I've kicked the can down the road so many times because I'm just like nope it's not ready yet you know mm. it's like waiting for the souffle to rise kind of thing and we're like ah, if I pull it out now it's gonna deflate <laughs> right so it's more so that it's not the it's not ready you're kind of fear of failure in a way or like maybe a little bit the results are not quite to up to your expectations so what i've actually done in order to get in the headspace to do a show like this is i've actually been preparing myself for probably the last two years Mm. to go there without the intention to win okay because my i'm very competitive by nature like i Mm -hmm. love oh pardon me uh, I love to win. I love to succeed. I love to be like the center of attention. I like to be the front of the pack. That's kind of right. like always been my thing. Um, I'm always the last man standing in Monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but for doing this, like I want to show to myself that I can mm. get show ready. 
um, I want it as an accolade a little bit to also show other people, potential clients that it'd be a good before. And yeah, after. I can take you from start to finish kind yeah. of thing. And, you know, like, it's just like, it's just a nice little reward for myself, um, to be able to do that. But I wanted to get in the headspace that I'm not going there to win so that I don't walk out of there disappointed twisted out that i didn't and were i to were i to place bonus sweet yeah high fives for everybody like yeah. i mean like hardware cool but like you know like it, that took a lot actually like to get my head on straight for that what was um <clears throat> how how'd you go about doing that finding Honestly, I mean, like, it's just been kind of like a mantra type thing in my head. Like, you know, you're not here to, you're here to succeed for a different reason. Uh, Success, the reward of this will be paid out in different ways than, than, right. than, than, than hardware, basically. Like the hardware would be cool. By hardware, um, you mean like medals and stuff? Yeah, medals yeah. and like some of these competitions give away like swords and stuff like that. Who's like a sword? <laughs> <laughs> Of course, I want a fucking sword. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, lightsaber or something. But, you know, like, I just had to really create a mindset that I'm trying to achieve something different, which is longevity. Yeah. Right? And I think that will be far more rewarding to me. Like, I a picture, uh, the picture on the wall is going to be great. It's going to be that. That's my medal. Like, I'm like, I I did it. I got on stage. And, you know, so... I think that's mostly what I'm chasing right now. It's just the the longevity to be able to like drag it out longer. Yeah, do it for other people. Nice, because like I'm gonna get old eventually. I mean, like you know what my you know my ultimate goal is. What I want to be a Jack granddad. Oh man, <laughs> I remember when I first moved to Canada. Um, we back home didn't have any sort of like UFC or anything like that. Like first time I saw UFC. I was shocked. I was like, holy shit, you have this on TV? That's wild. And I remember I saw, I think, Randy Couture. And he was like, what? I want to make sure. That, Do you think that's his real name? I don't know. But I want to make sure that that's the guy. Uh, Randy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's 59 now, so when I moved, it was 12 years ago, so he must have been like 47. Yeah. Simple math, quick maths. Uh, so I was watching a fight, like he was in a UFC fight at like 46 years old, and he looked yoked. Mm-hmm. And when we moved, my stepdad was like slight around that age, slightly older. And I was like, dude, look at this guy, like, what about you? And he was like, that's like special case right and i was like i don't think so and in my mind i'm like i want to at least look like that at 40 so it definitely put like a goal mm-hmm. or like a target in mind where it's it's possible it's doable yeah i think that's what i'm trying to prove too is that like everyone seems so focused on the genetic aspect of things but like I hate when people bring in genetics. It's not, I mean, like... Because it we, takes away control. From, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like, there. I'm sure we might have strengths. Yeah. Predispositions. Far, yeah, predispositions. So, like, I naturally have really strong forearms. Yeah. And I have, like, nice delts. Like, my delts just 
come to me, basically. Right. Which doesn't mean that every single part of my physique was easy to come by. I didn't, like, trip, stumble, fall into an eight-pack. That's eight the pack, annoying like, part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, where everyone's like, oh, my God, you must be, like... No, they don't see what's behind the the curtain, basically. And I think, like, you know, I just want to say, like, hey, like, genetics are so, like, they're, like, they're so, not even secondary. They're, like, third down the list, basically. Like, so I think that's what a part of what I'm trying to prove. And, and yeah, like, I just want to, like, be, yeah, like, I mean, like, I think about having a kid and stuff like that. And, like, you know, being married and down the road and then, you know, the Jack granddad or whatever. But... But I want to be like, you know, having my back the way it is, I want to be mobile and able to like be invested and involved and like throw the ball around or, you know, chase them up and down the beach or, you know, like go to these activities that they want to do and be maybe be the assistant coach for their softball team or something like that. Like, I don't want to be the old guy sideline. I mean, like I'm already a fair amount older than my fiance. Like we are 12 year difference between the two of us. Right. Right. So once we have a kid, like, yeah, like she'll be young and spry and ready to do shit. And I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, fuck, I'm like creeping up on 40. Maybe that's part of what was kind of like getting in my head about the 38 too, is that like, I'm like, it's just closer to, uh, I just feel like I had to work even harder now. Mm. And like, I've been really just doubling down on everything. I'm like, you know what? I'm coming up on 40 in a couple of years here. I'm like, I really got to be on my game and I can't let it slip kind of thing because even a small break could mean, you know, losing all the progress that I have, which is like kind of an over-exaggeration, but it's a lot of pressure. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like pressure on myself basically. And like, and knowing how I felt before, because like before I found fitness and stuff like that, like even in that in-between phase between diagnosis and finding my way to fitness, I was on all kinds of like, anti-inflammatories and painkillers and I had stuff to go to sleep and stuff to wake up and stuff to get through the day kind of thing and I was starting to feel like really chemically dependent and stuff like that and I was super limited mobility wise like I'd wake up and like I'd have days where I'd be like I'd be like pressed up against the wall trying to slingshot my stock my sock out of my foot it was like just like super awkward and uncomfortable and I was like man if I'm if I'm like this at this age like what am I going to look like 20 years from now I was talking to a few comics in their 50s, and I'm like, are you always in pain? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if I'm like, are you always in pain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, that's <laughs> our com- joint's sake. <laughs> that's where conversation started. It wasn't even a hello. I was like, are you always in pain? And he's like, yup. I'm like, how the fuck do you deal with it? And he just raises a glass of whiskey. I'm like, all right. I don't think that's for me. Um, I think uh, we're kind of closing. Yeah, we're yeah. we're ripping into our 40. Um, our 40? Yeah. yeah, longevity. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we can we can cut here. Okay. Yeah. High five. High five. We did it. Yeah. Always a pleasure. I Every time I see you on the job sheet, I'm like, it makes my day. Oh, I'm glad yeah. to hear that. I, uh, you're one of the, you know, the only people I really like to work with. You and James are like my two guys basically in town at this point that are like a good time kind of thing. I was not to say I don't like working with other guys, but you know, I feel like we have good it's chemistry and we built our own dynamic. Little, it depends on the person. It's either more work or less work. And I feel like when I work with you, it's often less work. Yeah. Yeah. When we have a rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we, you know, a little push, a little pull. All right. Thank you so much for doing this, Chris. Mr. Thank Chris. You. <laughs> Where can people find you? Where can they find me? Uh, your fit friend, Chris, on Instagram. I, I was going to say, I really like that tag. It's nice, right? Yeah. It's, it's just, like, you know what? I had a different tag before. I just wanted something that was really 
search engine friendly, but also just me friendly kind yeah. of thing. And I am that guy. I'm the high five in the, in the club you've been looking for. Hell yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.